Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for that, guys. That was lots and lots of fun. Thank you for having me here this morning. My name's Aaron, and yes, as you heard, I work for The Amazing Journey, so I've been in this hall many, many times, just not with all you lot, um, but it's been a great experience to be with you here this morning, and we really enjoyed it. Um, I wonder, did you know you've got half or two-thirds of Baptist youth here today? Irene from the Baptist Youth Office has joined us here too. She didn't know I was speaking, otherwise she probably wouldn't have been here. Uh, but thank you guys for a wonderful uh, morning service and all your singing and dancing and actions. Really, really enjoyed it. Now, I have a story to tell you, of course, from the Bible today, but we're going to start with a little game of who am I, okay? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you guys at the front here five clues about a famous person, okay? Now, it's tricky. It's really, really hard, and I'm not sure that you can do it. So we might ask the adults in the room to help us out a little bit as well. But we're going to start with you guys here in the front couple of rows, okay? So here's your first clue of a famous person. First clue is this. Number one, I was born on the 5th of December, 1963. Go. No, didn't think so. Uh, The only thing that this tells us about this person is that he is really, really old. Okay? So that's your first clue. Number two. Clue number two, and this might get some of the adults in the room thinking, I am a British Olympian and record holder. Okay, we've got a little ripple, okay. Number three, I represented Great Britain at the 1988 Winter Olympics in Calgary, Canada. Okay, we've got a few adults in the room that know. Some of the kids, possibly. I'm going to give you the two other clues as well. Here's clue number four. My name, and believe it or not, this doesn't give it away. My name is Michael Edwards. Okay, so that's not the answer. And clue number five, I am a ski jumper. Eddie the Eagle, is she right? Fantastic. Eddie the Eagle. Now, I imagine that you don't know Eddie the Eagle from the Olympics, because I was only two when that happened. I imagine you know maybe from the movie that was out recently. Yeah, any other boys and girls here at the front seen the Eddie the Eagle movie? Okay, really fantastic uh, movie about Eddie the Eagle. So let's have a look at Eddie the Eagle. If you're not sure who he is, that's him on the screen right there. Okay, so Eddie the Eagle was an Olympian in 1988 in Canada, and his sport was ski jumping. All right. So if you haven't seen ski jumping before, it's this crazy sport where you strap on some skis, you go down a hill as fast as you can, and then off a ramp and fly through the air. The idea is to go as far as you can to be the winner. The problem was with Eddie the Eagle is that he was rubbish at ski jumping. He was terrible. I'm pretty sure he came last in every event that he got into. So why is he famous? How do we still know about him today? Why was there a movie made about him? Well, you see, even though Eddie the Eagle was a terrible ski jumper, there was something about him that made him the star of the show in 1988. Let me give you a few things about Eddie that that feed into his story. You see, being a ski jumper for him wasn't easy. He had to overcome lots and lots of obstacles and difficulties to be a ski jumper. Let me give you a few of them. Okay, so there hadn't been a British Olympian doing ski jumping since 1929. So this is where Eddie saw his chance. But the problem was, you might be able to see it in the picture behind me, is that um, 
he couldn't really see too well. He had to wear glasses. He was farsighted. He had to wear glasses underneath his ski goggles. Now, the issue is, when you're up high in the mountains, and the altitude and the air is different, it meant that his glasses often steamed up, so much so that he couldn't see out. He couldn't see where he's going, which maybe wasn't a bad thing if you're going to jump off the edge of a hill. But Eddie the Eagle couldn't see. The other problem that he had is he wasn't really built for ski jumping, okay? It's a bit like making me a gymnast, okay? Eddie the Eagle was nine kilograms heavier than every other competitor. Now, if you're wanting to fly through the air, being heavy isn't really the best idea, is it? You're going to hit the ground first, okay? So that was another obstacle he had to overcome. And one more is that the British Olympic Association kind of found him a bit of an embarrassment. And they didn't want him to compete, so they gave him no money. He had no money to compete, so it meant that he had to beg, borrow, and steal his equipment. He had to borrow his ski boots, and they weren't the right size. To be able to fit into his ski boots, Eddie the Eagle had to wear six pairs of socks just to get into them. So that gives you an idea of the kind of person he was and the obstacles that he had to overcome to get to the Olympics. But when you think about it, not many people get to the Olympics, and yet he did. So he did a pretty good thing in even getting there in the first place. And as I said, he was the star of the show, and we still talk about him today, not because he was good at ski jumping, he wasn't, but because of his attitude and the way that he went about things with a smile on his face. Let me give you this little quote about Eddie the Eagle. It says, admirers praised him as representing the true Olympic spirit as an amateur athlete who wanted to compete at the best of his ability, regardless of his chances of winning. And that last bit's the most important bit. Didn't matter what he was like, it says he was going to compete at the best of his ability, regardless of his chances of winning. So what Eddie the Eagle did is that he used what he had. He had a little bit of athletic talent, but more than that, he had passion, he had determination, and he had an attitude that meant he never, ever gave up. And do you know what, boys and girls, and for all us adults in the room as well, that's all that we can ask of, our, of ourselves, to give things our best shot, to work hard at whatever we do. And that is an attitude that's actually found in the Bible as well. In fact, Jesus told a whole story about it. Boys and girls, what do we call the stories that Jesus told? There's a special name for them. Parables, okay. Jesus told a story, not about Eddie the Eagle, but about the attitude what that he showed. And I'm going to read it to you. It's found in the book of Matthew, chapter 25. It's also found in the book of Luke. And it's called, it's got a strange title. It's called the Parable of the Talents. Now, before we go any further, let me explain to you what a talent is. A talent is a really large sum of money. Okay, have we got that? In this story, a talent is a really large sum of money. So let's read from Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14. It says, Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver, or five talents, to one, two talents to another, and one talent to to the last, dividing it each in proportion to their abilities. Then he left on his trip. The servant who had received five talents began to invest the money and earn five more. 
The servant with the two talents also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who had one talent dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they'd used his money. The servant to whom he entrusted five talents came forward with five more and said, Master, you give me five, ba five bags of silver, five talents to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two talents came forward and said, Master, you give me two talents to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. But then the servant with the one talent came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. But look, here's your money back. The master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver, the ten talents. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So let's recap that story and see how much you picked up. So there was one servant that he gave five talents to. That servant went off, worked hard, and guys, how many did he bring back? Five more. So he had ten in total. The next guy he went and he gave two talents to, two sums of money. He went, he worked hard, and what did he bring back? Two more. Okay, we're listening. The third guy, he gave one talent. Remember, not because he didn't get, he wanted to give him as much, but it was according to his own ability. What did he do with his talent? Instead of working hard and gaining more money, what did he do? That is right. He buried it in the ground, dug a hole, hid the money, and the master got nothing more back. And there was a very different response to each of those, okay? For the two guys that went off and, and did their best and worked hard, well, they were told this, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. It's just cut off there a little bit at the bottom. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. He was so pleased with what they had done that they were going to be given so much more responsibility and they were going to have a party with their master. But then, as we heard, there was the one who did nothing. He hid it. He didn't even bother to put it in the bank to gain any interest. He was lazy. What happened then was that his talent, his money was taken away from him and given to the one who had invested well and had brought back five more, ten in total. And then Jesus said this, to those who use well what they are given, 
Even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. That means they will have loads and loads. They will have so much. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. So what does this Bible story, what does this parable teach us here today? Well, let me tell you what I think it teaches us. One of the things it tells us is that we here as young people, children, adults, God has entrusted us with a set of unique talents. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about abilities and skills, things that you can do that no one else can do the way you do them. God has given each of us a unique set of gifts and talents, and he wants us to use them for him. Do you know what? We don't have to change the world with that, boys and girls. We don't have to do amazing things that everybody hears about. We just have to do our best. We talked about that with Eddie the Eagle. We just have to work hard and give it our best shot, and that's all that God asks of us. Because he has given us, given us something special that we can use for him in a way that nobody else can. The Bible tells us this in Colossians chapter 3. It says, work willingly or work hard at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. See, here's the catch. Sometimes we only want to do our best and to work hard if it's something we like doing. But what about when our parents tell us to tidy our room? What about when the teacher asks us to do something, a subject that we're not too keen on? Do we just do it a little bit, or do we do it with the best of our ability? Well, this parable and this verse from Colossians tell us that we have to work hard. We have to give everything our best shot as if we're working, not for the people in front of us, but for God, because He has given us everything we need to do it. That's what we're doing. We're working hard for Him. It means doing what your parents say, even when you don't want to. For adults, it means doing what your boss says, even when you think he's an idiot. My boss is sitting back there, so I have to be careful. Irene takes care of me. But that's what we do. We work willingly at whatever we do is that we're working for God and not for people. But there is one thing that we can't work at. You see, there's actually something that Jesus did that he sweat drops of blood worrying about, wanting a way out when he prayed to God in a garden called Gethsemane. That was just before Jesus was taken to be crucified and killed and punished for something that he didn't deserve to be punished for. You see, the Bible teaches me that he was punished for my sin and for your sin. And that's the one thing that we can't do. We can't pay that price. We can't work our way into heaven. No matter what we do, no matter what our abilities and talents are, whatever we do isn't good enough to get us into heaven. Only through believing in Jesus and his death and his resurrection that he rose from the dead three days later and defeated sin and defeated death, that is our only way into heaven, to be forgiven and to put our trust in him. So you might think, I can do this thing that's good, I can come to church, I can go to junior church, I can help my friends, I can do things for the teacher. All of those things are great, but they won't get you into heaven, only Jesus can. And the thing is, it's our hope and 
prayer here in this church and, and for me as well that boys and girls and men and women here today, you've done that and you've put your trust in Jesus. Only he, he can forgive you. But if we've done that, our job's not over. Our job is to work willingly and to work hard at whatever we do for him so we can point people to him so they can see that we're different. Eddie the Eagle was different, wasn't he? He was rubbish at ski jumping, but his attitude showed something about him, and people sat up and took notice. But maybe you're sitting here today. Maybe you're five or you're 55 or older. Maybe you're sitting here today wondering what it is that you're good at. I'm terrible at everything, you think. Well, listen out for when people pay you compliments whether it be your teachers or your parents or your boss. Listen out for when they say things that you're doing well. You might think it only small at the minute, but God can use it greatly. Very quickly, let me tell you about me when I was your age. When I was your age, I wanted nothing more than to have the ability and talent to be a professional footballer. It's a bit like Eddie the Eagle, this story. It goes downhill very, very quickly. I was not any good at football. Do you know who was? And this still gets me to this day. My brother, my younger brother, is a fantastic footballer, right? He got all the ability and I got none. I thought, if only I could be a footballer. Do you know why? I could reach so many people. I could tell them about Jesus. People that would have never heard. I'd have an amazing platform to do that. Except I wasn't very good at football. But here's what happened. When I was your age, my mom and dad told me something that I didn't really care about at the time. You see, I was the oldest cousin out of loads. And they told me that I was very good at looking after my cousins and, and, and playing games with them and getting down to their level. Little did they know I was still at that stage. But <laughs> that's what they told me. That's what some people in church told me as well. And as I got older, I started to help out in, in our junior church and our kids' church. And then I realized that that was actually the ability that God had given to me. And I became a primary school teacher. And now my job takes me right across the whole island of Ireland. And I get to meet people like you and to tell them about Jesus. And I can't ima imagine a better job for God to have given me. I didn't think very much of it back then. But God is using it in my life today. It's through nothing that I have done, but all that he has done. And I know that can be your story as well. And that gives us as parents and carers and junior church helpers, that gives us a responsibility. Too often when we tell our kids something about themselves, it's to tell them off and tell them what they're not doing right. Our responsibility is to share with them what we think their abilities are and what their talents are and what they're good at and how they can use them for him. Even on the journey home today, the challenge might be to tell them what God has done for you, the abilities and talents that he has given you, and how you use them for him. Show them that he can take something small and use it in a massive way. Boys and girls, we have learned today from the story of Eddie the Eagle that working hard, never giving up, being determined and being passionate makes you stand out from the crowd. But the Bible tells us that if we do those things for him, we're going to have an abundance. We're going to have so much more. And he can use the little that we have to point other people to him. So we get opportunities to tell them about what has changed our lives. This, this Jesus, this person that did a wonderful thing for us that we couldn't do for ourselves. It's our job 
to tell others about him. Boys and girls, I hope you have learned something from that story today, from the story of Eddie the Eagle, but most importantly, the story that Jesus told. There's so much more for you to read about and to learn from in his word, the Bible.